Ephesians chapter 2. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to focus on verse 10, but let's begin with verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I also want to show you another verse from 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. And I want you to compare that with this verse. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. This is talking about the women. How many women in this house? Okay. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Somebody sent me this verse and asked me what did this mean. And when I was studying this verse, it was amazing that it uses the word saved. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, we are saved by grace through faith. Here it says the woman will be saved through childbearing. What does it mean? Uh, weren't we saved by grace? Isn't it unfair that the woman will be saved through childbearing? If they have children and if they deliver a baby, they will be saved? See, you have to understand the word saved, the synonym of the word saved is also preserved. It means preserved. So Paul is saying the woman will be preserved through childbearing. Is that hitting you? Not hitting you? No, 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 no. That's because you're not comparing it with what happened in the garden. When Eve sinned, there was a curse that she, she went through, the consequence of that sin. One of the consequences was that she will go through pain. Do you remember? She will go through pain. Without pain, there's no childbirth, childbirth right? Without pain, there's no childbearing. Paul is saying, if you continue to live in faith and love and holiness with self-control, women, you are delivered from that curse. You are preserved through that childbearing. So for all the ladies of the house, I want to encourage you, you no longer have to go through the curse of the garden. You have been delivered by the same by the same token through which Christ has delivered us all. I know for the guys it doesn't mean a lot. Wait for it when you get married. I'll tell you. It'll mean a lot to you then. I'm saying, right now we have technologies and you know, we have operations and what's the other operation that they say? C-section and we have so many things that protects women. But in those times, when they had no such technology, it was absolutely going through death it was absolutely going through the valley of death because you have no idea if when the woman delivers the baby if she'll come out alive for those times they believed this that she will be preserved through childbearing if she continues to live in faith 
Okay? Now come to Ephesians chapter 2. For we are saved. How are we saved? Say with me, by grace. We are saved by grace. We are saved by grace. By grace meaning there's nothing that you and me have done. We are saved completely because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We are saved completely. Jesus did not die and he said, you know, let me do 90% of it, 10%. Let me put it on you. No. He did everything. He did everything on our behalf. Everything that the law required, he did it on our behalf and he died on the cross. He took the consequence on himself. We are saved by grace completely. Completely. Nothing of our works. That's why it says, for we are saved by grace through faith, not a result of works. It is not a result of works. You're not coming to church because you saved yourself. You're coming to church because God saved you. You're coming to church. You know, we, we want to take, we want to take credit of everything. You know, when I was young, we used to do this, you know, push the car, right? The car that is parking, we will push it, we'll push it, nothing would happen. Bunch of kids trying to push the car. And then somebody would sit on the driveway and they would drive off and we'll be like, Dekha, dekha, you saw. That's how it is. When we want to take credit of what God has done. You are here today. You know Jesus. You are praying today. Even the, even, even the attitude of prayer is grace. Do you know that? Even the reason that you can call out the name of Jesus is grace over your life. Even the reason that you could just walk into this room. That you can even think about the name Jesus is grace. Do you recognize the privilege? And why? Why are we so dull in prayer? Why are we so dull in the church? Why are we so dull? Because we think somewhere, we think that we are the one who are doing it. We are the one who is driving this. Even your relationship with God. This is what set me free. When I was 24 years old. Set me free completely. Set me free completely from knowing, Sam... This relationship you have, God told me, Sam, this relationship that you have with me is not sustained by you. Definitely not sustained by your prayers. It's sustained by me. It's sustained by grace. Even the relationship that you have with God is sustained by His grace. Do you know what's the best thing that you can do? Is stay out of your own. Stay out of the way of God's blessings. No, seriously. What's the best thing that you can do is respond. Respond to what God is doing. Respond to what God is doing. Have you seen these uh, couples, you know? Uh, is it called swing dance? What, what dance is it? You know when couples dance? Ballet dance? I don't know. What is it called? S swing. Ball. Yes, yes. Ball. Ball dance, right? So, if you, if you notice, if you notice, guys, 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 if you notice, don't get distracted. If you notice, there's a leader in the dance. One of the partner is a leader and the other one just follows the steps. Just follows the step. The leader makes the step. If the leader goes this way, the partner also goes this way. The leader goes front, the partner also goes front. The 
job, our responsibility, our job is to just follow the leader, is to follow and to respond to what God has already done. That's why he says, we have been saved by grace through faith. This is not your doing. It is not your doing, guys. I'm sorry. It's not your doing. It is the gift of God. You can't earn gifts. Can you earn gifts? If I, if I buy you an expensive gift and I give it to you and you say, oh, let me give you 200 rupees back, I'll slap you. Because you can't earn gifts. I'm just kidding. You can't earn gifts. You can only receive gifts. You know, what is the criteria for receiving gift? You have to listen to this very carefully. What is the criteria for receiving gift? There's only one criteria. You know what that is? Humility. If you're not humble, if you're not humble, no matter how big that gift is, you'll not be able to receive. Humility is the criteria for receiving the gift. From anybody, forget just God. From anybody. If you're not humble, you'll not be able to receive. Proud people can't receive. Proud people can't receive anything. They're too proud. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. It's just pride. Underlying pride. Grace is how you have been saved. And through faith, you access it. But it takes humility to receive that grace. What is faith? Faith without humility is not possible. It takes humility. It takes absolute humility. It takes absolute saying to yourself, man, just give up, let go. As long as you try to do something in this relationship, you know, I'm going to build this relation. As long as you are trying to drive it, you will always keep on getting frustrated. But if you let go and let God and you respond to what God is doing and follow his leading, you will always experience the effortless, overflowing flow of his spirit in your life. Effortless, overflowing flow of the spirit. That's why the Bible says, Romans 8, for those who are led by the Spirit are called sons of God. For those who are led by the Spirit. I wish the Spirit did not just lead me. He would just pull me. I wish. But He's gentle. He nudges us. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Don't lose your focus. Come here. For those who are led, led, led. You know, God wants us to live a life where we walk in the rhythms of grace. There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm. Our life needs to have a rhythm. Do you know why, why we need rhythm? Ask musicians. If there's no rhythm and everybody plays in their own rhythm, the music will be chaotic. So if you want your life not to be chaotic, you have to move in the rhythm. And God has given the rhythms of grace. Rhythms of grace over your life. And how you, how, you, how you follow in those rhythms of grace is just by, just by following His leading. Just by responding to what He is doing. This is not my message, but somebody needs to hear this today. Stop taking credit for what God is doing. 
I came to church. Oh, I heard this. I did this. I prayed. Stop taking credit for what God is doing. Give the glory to God. Because you are saved by grace. Because if, if you put too much emphasis on what you are doing, I'm telling you, you will put too much emphasis when you fail. Give the glory to God. In my strength, I give my glory to God. In my weakness, I give my glory to God. In my victory, I give my glory to God. In my failure, I give my glory to God. Because all throughout God's glory, God's name be glorified. That's why the Bible is not really scared of mentioning the weaknesses of these patriarchs. As much as it talks about the strengths of Abraham, strengths of David, strengths of Joshua, strengths of Moses, it also plainly writes the weaknesses. You know why? So that in all through their strengths and weakness, God is glorified. God is glorified. And I want to encourage you saying, do you have weakness? Oh, yes. Do you want to continue living in weakness? I, I hope not. But through that strength and through that weakness, God can be glorified. God can be glorified. Verse 10, for we are His workmanship. Whose workmanship are you? God's workmanship. So who should take the responsibility of the work that has been done in you? If you are God's masterpiece, who should be taking responsibility of your life? You, you are living your life so stressed out, so worked out, thinking that it is you who has to somehow figure this out. But it is God. It says, he, he created you for good works beforehand. Beforehand. Even before you were born. You know, your tiny brain now understands what marriage is. Is now trying to figure out what, what it means to start a business. Now it understands, oh, the spelling of money. But God created you for good works beforehand. 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 You are His workmanship. You are His workmanship. Just, I'm, just think about it. Any painter that creates a masterpiece on the canvas, why is he creating the masterpiece? Any painter that creates, the, creates a masterpiece, that puts all his energy, all his creativity, every resource that he has, is to show himself off. Isn't it? I don't know which painter does not want to show himself. Oh, I'll create a masterpiece. Every painter paints a masterpiece to show himself off, to show, it's, it's like an expression of his life that he put on the canvas, an expression of himself that he put on the canvas. When, when Paul says that you are his workmanship, he's saying that you are the expression of God. You are the expression of God. Your life is his canvas where he is painting and he's saying, hey, I'm not done yet. You are my masterpiece. I'm not done yet. Even the weakness, even, you know, even those strokes, which feels like failures, events of failures and events of continued weakness, even that is part of that masterpiece. You are created for good works. 
you were created for good works. Your life is a masterpiece to resemble Christ in every aspect of your life. Are you hearing me? I used to wonder, Lord, if everybody is going to become like Christ, then we'll all be like robots, right? Everybody is like a clone of Christ. But then God told me a very simple illustration just to explain it to me. I love ice creams. Do you love ice creams? If you go to naturals, do you know how many flavors of ice cream you'll get? You'll get chocolate, you'll get blueberry, you'll get butterscotch, you'll get... Now you have tender coconut. I don't know why people... Can't you just eat tender coconut? Tender coconut ice cream, what else? There are different kinds of ice cream. What's the difference? The essence is the same. Get this. The essence is the same. But the flavor is different. Your essence will always be Christ. The flavor is who you are. What God created you. Your spirit and God's spirit has become one now. Where the essence will always be Christ. Your life's essence will always be Christ. The flavor that you bring in is your, with your personality is what God has created you. That's why he says you are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he created beforehand. Why did he, all, why did he do all of that? So that you should walk in them. Our job is to know what God is doing, respond, be led by his spirit and to walk in what God has already done for us. It should take the pressure off. Stop taking credit. It is God. You're saved by grace because God, God in His mind, in His love, in His kindness, He thought about you. He decided that I have chosen you and because I have chosen you, I will also redeem you. Stop taking credit. Stop taking credit. Leave the I. Come to we. Me and Christ. It's me and Christ. I have been crucified. The I part has been crucified. It's dead on the cross. Now it's we. Now it's you and Christ who has been raised up. Amen? Okay, now think, think with me. If you are God's workmanship, if you are God's masterpiece, don't you think God... It is, it is the onus is now on God to give you everything that is required for you to become that masterpiece. Yeah? Whose onus is it? It's God's. Psalms 23 verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. He leads you in the path of righteousness for His namesake. His name is on the line. This phone has a name, carries a brand which is called Apple because Apple produced it. You carry the creator's name. The creator's name is on the line. You have to understand this, guys. Get it. If something happens to this phone, if, if it starts malfunctioning, whose name is on the line? I can write a blog, I can create a video and, you know, defame the company that created it. Because their name is on the line. 
you have to understand everything that happens in your life whose name is on the line that's why he restores your soul he leads you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake so don't you think when the onus is on god he will give you everything that is required he'll do much more than you think you can do and he will provide you with everything that you require to walk in that path of destiny which which god has already for you we take too much stress i don't know what's going to happen after 5 years do you know what's going to happen after 5 minutes no seriously anything can happen it can be raining today it can be sunny tomorrow but god saw it through and he decided he decided i have chosen you to be my masterpiece because i believe in you i've chosen you to be my masterpiece and i'll give you everything that you need to walk in that journey to reach your destiny so god is on your side god is with you he is for you and he is in you he's empowering you but he is also there on your side he is sustaining you and he is telling hey stop looking within without me stop looking within without me because the easiest way to get depressed is what do i have i have nothing what can i show to the world but when you look within with christ then with him nothing is impossible then you know then you recognize that oh i'm i'm no longer condemned i'm no longer separated i'm more than a conqueror so with him you you begin to see a change in perspective okay so when god has created you as his masterpiece it is his responsibility to take care of you and because it is his responsibility to take care of you he has blessed you with every resource that is required for you to to be on this journey is that true that's why ephesians 1 verse 3 ephesians 1 verse 3 says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessings you are already blessed with every spiritual blessings you don't need any more spiritual blessings there is no no amount of prayer that can get you more spiritual blessing no amount of fasting that can get you more spiritual blessing because you are already blessed in christ with every spiritual blessings you're already blessed you're already blessed with every spiritual blessings the greek word for spiritual blessings the word blessing the greek word is eulogia from which the english term comes eulogy do you know what a eulogy is eulogy is when somebody dies they say good words about that person they say good words about the person when somebody dies think about this why do we say good words about somebody when they die because we want to acknowledge who that person is acknowledge all the good things that he has done so now we know he is dead he'll not do anything bad we are assured about that that's why they say good words that's eulogy but look at this god has blessed us with good works before the foundation of the earth he didn't wait for you to finish it wait for you oh 
Are you doing this? Are you doing it? Okay, ha, finally. Now I can say a good word about your life. No. He said good works before. Before you were born. Before you, you achieved whatever you think you achieved. Before you did anything. He said good words over your life. Spiritual blessings are good words that the Father has spoken over your life. What are spiritual blessings? They are good words that the Father has spoken over your life. Now your question is, what, what do I do with good words? If he had given me some money in my account, I would have done something with it. What do I do with good words? I want to tell you the power of words. Words are powerful, okay? Three things. The first thing, words carry inheritance. Words carry inheritance. When Jacob was being blessed by his father Isaac, the only thing that Isaac blessed him was good words. He blessed him with good words. He said, you will reign over your brother. You will be prosperous. Yeah, you will be set apart. He blessed him with good words. When Jacob even left his house, he had nothing. He had no will paper. He had no property papers, nothing. But he had those good words and that was enough for him because he knew that words carry inheritance. See, words have the ability to travel into your future and to pull you into your destiny. Today we are going to, do, we are going to dedicate... Ivania today, okay? And what we're, what we're basically doing is bless her with words so that those words will go into her future and will pull her into her destiny. Do you know that even Jesus was blessed when he was a baby? His parents went to the temple and there was this person, Simeon, who blessed Jesus because God revealed to Simeon that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. And he blesses Jesus you want to see what he says? Come with me, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentile and for glory to your people Israel. And then later he says to Mary, his mother, verse 34, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. You have to understand this. It took a prophetic word for the word to become flesh. Not just this, I'm talking about prophetic word that was released in Isaiah through the prophet Isaiah. I'm giving you a secret. I don't know if you'll get it, but I'm anyways giving you. You have to understand that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Right? But we're living on the earth. We're living in the physical realm. 
So whatever we need are physical resources. So there has to be something that converts from my spiritual account into my physical account. See, if I'm doing business and if I have an account in the US and my client pays me money there, $100,000, I can't use it unless I have a way of converting that money into rupees over here. Do you get it? Similarly, unless those spiritual blessings do not convert into physical ones, it's of no use. It will always stay in my spiritual account, but I will not be able to use it. And that's a problem with so many Christians because Christians don't know how to convert the spiritual blessings. They stay there. Everybody is blessed with spiritual blessings, but not everybody operates in the physical blessings that God has for them. Isn't that true? You have spiritual blessings. Second Peter 1 verse 3, His divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. You have all things. But the problem is this conversion problem. If you can learn to convert the spiritual blessings into the physical world, you will enjoy life and godliness that God has for you. So how do you do it? I'm telling you a process. The process is blessings, the spiritual blessings, what are they? They are good words. What are they? They are good words. Now I told you good words are powerful. What do they do? Because words carry inheritance. Words can go into your future and pull you. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So before I tell you the process, let me tell you the power, the power of good words. So good words, one is words carry inheritance. Second is words can create or destroy. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So words can create or destroy. You need to create good things in your life and destroy bad things. Don't do the other way. Okay? You need to create good things in your life and destroy bad things. But how do you do it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words can create or destroy. I want to show you another verse which is just before this verse 20. Verse 20 says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. If you're not satisfied, let me tell you, you're not saying the right stuff. In fact, James says, if you're heading in a certain direction, and if you want to change the course of your life's direction, just say those words. The reason why our life takes particular kind of course is because our life is following what, our, what we are speaking. The words that we speak drives our life. That's why James uses this illustration of how a ship, ship is huge, but it is driven, you know, the direction can be changed by a small thing called a rudder. The rudder can change the entire direction of this huge ship, just like that. Your small tongue can change the direction of your huge life. So, stop complaining. Start speaking nice. Start speaking good words. 
So words carry inheritance. Words carry, words can create or destroy. The third thing I want to tell you is words can restore. Anything that has been lost, anything that is missing, anything that is broken, words have the power to restore. Let me show you something. Isaiah, this is something that God says. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 42 verse 22. Isaiah 42, 22. But this is a people plundered and looted. They are, all, they are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They have become plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say, restore. Why are they being plundered? Why are they being looted? Why are they hidden in prisons? Because none of them is saying, restore. Call unto me and you shall be saved. You have to, there, I'm telling you, that's why I'm telling you, there's power in your words. Just don't listen to sermons. Open your mouth and respond. There is power in your words because when you say restore, you're crying out to your father and your father restores you. The meaning of shalom, the meaning of shalom, which means peace in English, we understand peace as calmness, the calmness of our hearts, right? Oh, so that we'll be just, you know, quiet and, you know, Nice ambient music. Peace is aggressive. Because what peace does is peace is saying nothing is missing in your life. Nothing is broken. So much that nothing is wanting. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. If there's anything in your life that is missing, it will be restored. If there's anything in your life that is broken, it will be restored. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. That is shalom. That's why every, every child... In the, in the Hebrew family, you know, they keep on saying shalom over them. Why? Because they are blessing them. You are blessed. You are blessed. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. You are blessed. You are completely restored. Do you understand the power of words? Words carry inheritance. Words can create or destroy. Words can restore. Now let me tell you the process of it. The process. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. But where do you need the blessings? In the physical. So there has to be a way where you convert those spiritual blessings into the physical. So what did God do? God said, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I have given you good words. You want to know the process? How you want to convert the spiritual into physical? Are you sure? Okay, come with me, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Think about it. The earth was void, empty, formless. The word over there, the Hebrew word is more descriptive. It means confusion chaos there's no form at all it's completely chaotic and confusing it's it has it it has been destroyed it looks like as, as if it has been destroyed it was in that shape when the spirit of god was hovering the spirit of god is hovering over every confused areas of your life even before you know it the spirit of god is hovering do you know why because the Spirit of God was hovering over these 
this this earth that was chaotic in a way the picture the picture that shows is as if the spirit of god is pregnant with something and it wants to deliver that's the picture hovering brooding waiting to to just act upon to bring light to bring order to bring god's kingdom to bring righteousness to bring his peace to bring his joy so he's hovering over these confused formless empty areas spirit of god is already hovering the spirit of god is already working in your life where things that where aspects of life that you don't want to talk about aspects of life where you're hiding from the spirit of god is already there and is like talk to me i'm here i am pregnant with whatever you need for me to give you deliverance right now so the spirit of god was hovering what was it waiting for do you know what was it waiting for verse 3 and god said let there be light what activates the spirit of god is the word of god See, you have to understand something guys god can only exercise his power within the jurisdiction of his word he cannot exercise his power beyond his jurisdiction and that jurisdiction is the boundaries that is set by the word so the holy spirit even though the holy spirit is there in your life he will not do anything unless the word of god is spoken the word of god is what activates the holy spirit to do what he is already willing to do he's already willing to do i want to bless you i want to heal you i want you to be a channel of blessing but you have to say the word you have to give me the you have to give me jurisdiction it's not that god is limited but god in his love has limited himself so that you can have the power and you can say yes and no whenever you want so he's waiting on you to say the word So whenever you say the word the spirit of god starts working in your life Now look at this the spirit of god was hovering right the spirit of god is spiritual in the spiritual realm but what you what god needed change was in the physical realm so when god says the word the words have the ability to convert what is there in the invisible into the visible So how do you convert your spiritual into physical words your words the good words that the lord has spoken over you when you speak it out what are words for speaking it out why did god give you words if if i give you money and you don't spend it what's the point of you having money are you getting this when you have words you have to speak it out because when you speak it out you convert it from the spiritual into the physical That's why Solomon says you are satisfied by what you speak. You're satisfied. You're a spiritual being. So everything that you do in the physical you're a spiritual being. You're a spiritual being that is living on the earth. So you are loaded with spiritual blessings. You're loaded. And the spirit of God is more than willing to birth whatever you need in the physical but you have to activate the spirit of god by speaking speaking 
speaking. That's why he gave you good words. He gave you good words so that you can speak. See, Hebrews, the, the Bible says the word of God is a double-edged sword, right? One edge is what God has spoken. The other edge is what you speak. See, the reason why, why things happen because we speak is not because we are great. Please understand that. It's because God has already released something. We are just echoing what God has released. Confessing the word is just repeating what God is saying. Ezekiel 37. Okay, don't, don't take, I know you, know you guys know this. The story is God takes uh, Ezekiel to these valley of dry bones, right? It's a vision that Ezekiel is seeing. And God tells Ezekiel, prophesy. And he tells them the exact words to prophesy. Note, when God says nothing happens. Not because there's no power in God, but, but because he has designed it in a way that when, he, when Ezekiel echoed what God said, things begin to change. See, it's not just enough for God to say something. It's not just enough for you to receive a prophetic word. It's not just enough for you to hear something from God. It is important that you complete it by you echoing, by you repeating what the Lord has already given to you. And that's why, that's why God comes to Joshua and he says, Hey, let not this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Who gave the book of the law? God. Who said those words? God. But if you want to see something happening in your life, you have to echo what God has said over your life. You have received so many prophetic words. You have received so many words time and time again. Since you were a child, you have been blessed again and again by your parents, by your grandparents, by the church, by the pastors. But if you don't speak it out, you have to speak it out. You have to speak those words out. The Bible that you read, just don't read it in your head. Speak it out. Because faith comes by hearing. So when I take the Bible and I read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. As I'm speaking, my heart is also hearing and I'm having the faith to do what He wants me to do right now. Speak, 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 speak what the Lord is speaking. What is the Lord? What is the Lord speaking over your life? He doesn't speak bad words. He only blesses. Oh, I choose. I give you the choice of life and death. God says, I give you the choice of life and death, but choose life. Choose life. I have spoken good words over your life. I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing, everything that you require in this life for a life of godliness, for a life that will take you to your destiny, for a life that has to be conformed to the image of Jesus. God has already blessed you. He has already blessed you. But how do you respond? How do you receive? By speaking. Speaking. Church, you need to speak. You need to speak. You need to speak. Speak. One of the most important thing that you can do in, do in the morning when you wake up, instead of looking at your phone and looking, going through the Instagram reels, the most important thing that you can do for your life 
is take a portion of scriptures that has the blessings of God and speak it over your life. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your house. Instead of looking at the sensex and getting a heart attack, look at what the Lord has done. It's the best thing that you can do. The only reason why we do morning prayers is just to align ourselves to the reality of God. Is to remind ourselves, hey, you don't have to live an effortful life where the onus is on you, where you are stressed out. What's the point of such a life where we work so hard, we give out everything that we have and we behave like animals because we don't even have the time to think and enjoy You know, God, more than anybody, God wants you to enjoy life. Do you know how I know that? It's because when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in a garden. And the name of the garden was Eden. And the meaning of Eden is pleasure. You know, we, we, we do all sorts of nonsense and get into wrong habits because somehow we want to have pleasure in life, right? Right? That's why we get into, in, into these wrong lifestyle of sleeping with people and, you know, have no commitment, going to, you know, clubs and being in wrong places. It's just for people to have pleasure. Just to have some relief huh, from the stressful life, right? But can I tell you, can I give you good news? More than you, God wants to give you pleasure. And the pleasure that He gives you is beyond that you can even think or imagine. The pleasure that God gives you is, you, you can't even compare it with, how many, can, can, do you know anybody who has washed porn and has said, I'm satisfied? Anybody? Anybody who has done all of these things that is, you know, that, that catches you, that traps you in addiction and has ever been satisfied? You, you try cigarette, now you want to try something else. You know, then you try weed and now you want to go more, but you're never satisfied. Do you know why? Because God designed you in a way where you are satisfied by Him. God designed you in a way where He wants you to enjoy pleasure. Pleasure of all kinds. He wants you to enjoy pleasure. But whenever we limit God, and we take matters in our own hands. We enjoy the Chinese copy of pleasure. Sorry guys, it's just a joke. Do you get it? It's not original kind of pleasure. It's just a duplicate. It's just a clone. It tells you, it, it gives you big promises that this will happen, that will happen. But it's just short-lived. It doesn't sustain you. But God wants to give you a life of pleasure. Wants you to live an effortless life. And that's why he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. That's why when you have received this spiritual blessing, which are good words that are spoken over you, what should you do? Speak. Good words are useless unless they are spoken. Speak. Let me show you something. 2 Corinthians. Oh, where's my phone? 2 Corinthians chapter 4.
Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, say with me, the same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith. You don't have a different spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith with whom, whom is he compelling with? Jesus. Okay. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. If you have faith, you will speak. Faith is empty without speaking. Faith is empty without speaking. You can say all as much as you want. I have faith. I have faith. But unless you start speaking, you will not see the effect of that faith working. Effectual faith speaks. Effectual speak, faith speaks. That's when the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. If you, if you take from a lion, if you just somehow steal his confidence, if you steal his boldness, a lion will not be anything less, you know, more than a cat. Even though he'll have a big body, but he'll be like a cat. He'll behave like a cat. Why? Because the one thing that makes him a lion is his boldness. The one thing that makes you a man of faith are your words. Don't let the devil steal your confidence so that you will not speak. You will not speak the words that God wants to speak through you. And he's speaking through you, he's speaking to you, and he's speaking over you. Why? So that you will respond by just speaking, speaking, speaking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you guys excited? Okay, let me just show you one more example and we'll end, okay? Okay, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Guys, this is powerful. If, if, you, if you really get this, I'm telling you, there's no mountain that is big enough for you, okay? Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 verse 12. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus who was hungry, okay? And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. You understood the story? Now, verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Now, think about this. Jesus was hungry, so he went to the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree because he did not find fruits. But the Bible very clearly says that it was not the season for fruits. Isn't that unfair? See, look, look at this verse. Verse 13. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Isn't it unfair that Jesus just goes to this fig tree and he does not see fruits and he curses it? Have you thought about it? 
the thing is the fig trees that 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 grow in that country when it has fruit it also has leaves so when people see leaves on the tree it's an indication that it has fruits so this fig tree was a hypocrite he's telling you i have the leaves but i don't have the fr fruit of it was malfunctioning this fig tree was malfunctioning i have the leaves i'm sorry but i don't have the fruits it's pretending to have something that it, that it does not have so jesus looks at it and curses it you will never have fruits what did jesus do he just spoke the words and he walked off jesus did not think peter see how how the fig tree is being withered okay make notes of it he did not care because his job was to say say the word your job is not to figure out how yeah i said the word how will it happen god is this person texting me no 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 how is it going to happen god your job is not to worry about the how tell me some of you need to hear this my job is not the how my job is to speak the word speak the word so jesus spoke the word obviously nothing happened then otherwise the bible would have said it he just spoke the word and he walked off after 12 hours peter sees hey jesus see it got withered your words had effect jesus already knew obviously my words had effect so you have to be confident that the moment you've released a word it starts affecting the spiritual realm because it starts affecting the roots first before it can show and come in the evident so even though jesus spoke the words you know there was nothing that they, they could see in the in the you know in the physical realm in the outward portion of the tree because things begin to change where things are hidden when you speak the words things that are hidden they'll begin to change first that's why it takes time it takes time and thank god it takes time that our words take time to affect otherwise think about all the words that you've said over your life thank god that words take time so that in case you have said something that's wrong you can repent words are powerful and words your words will always will always yield a result see what jesus says when peter says hey rabbi look the fig tree that you cursed has withered jesus answers him and says have faith in god truly i say to you whoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass it will be done for him how many times jesus mentioned the word prayer truly i say to you if you pray to the father take this mountain and be thrown into the sea it will be done how many times did he say the word prayer and how many times did he say the word say you understand what i'm saying the problem is we are still praying when you need to start speaking see we pray to god for intimacy we pray to god so that he will change our hearts and he empowers with whatever is required to change our situations but this your situations will change unless you don't start speaking
once Pastor Ankit was making fun of this song, you know. What is that song? Savior, you can move the mountain. But Jesus never said that. It's not the Savior's job to move the mountain. It's your job. See, as a baby, you know, you spoon feed a baby, you know, you take care of the baby. But as the baby grows up, you expect the baby to take care of itself, right? That's maturity, that's growth. In the past, just because God did something for you miraculously does not mean that He'll keep spoon feeding you. The reason why you're going around that mountain, you're making those circles again and again, again and again, is because God is telling you, Are murk, mook, hole, or bowl. In English, oh foolish, open your mouth and speak. Some of you are going round that mountain, right? You're round that mountain again and again. It's been a year. It's been two years and you're still wondering, Oh God, when will you remove this mountain? And God is saying, speak to the mountain. The Israelites, they only needed 10 days to cross the wilderness to move into the promised land. They've moved around the mountain for 40 years. Don't be like them. I'm just telling you. Don't be like them. And the reason why they, they just went around the mountain because none of them had the audacity to say like Joshua and Caleb, Moses, give us the word. We'll go and conquer them right now. See, they did not do anything. They spoke. People who act boldly speak first boldly. You need to start speaking. Because your actions will follow what you speak. Amen? So why has God blessed you with good words? Speak. Speak. Don't blame anybody. However your life is going. Speak. You can speak. Okay? Now, that's why one of the things well, while I was praying this week... One of the things that I believe the Holy Spirit is leading us as a church is for our houses, our families to be, of, to be a house of declaration. We have to declare, you know, people who speak boldly, they declare. Even before we fight the battle, we declare, <laughs> we have won. We declare. We, we need to have family of declarations, house of declarations. We are going to declare we're going to declare. Okay. So I sat through this week and have based on Romans 8, Ephesians 1, 2 Peter, 2 Corinthians. I have some declarations for you. Okay. And we also have frames. If you want, you can get it. But if you can have a culture in your house where as a family that in the morning before you get for your job or academics or whatever, before you get into anything, if you can just declare God's word over your life, over your house. How amazing would that be? Okay. So as an exercise, I'm going to help you declare. Okay, Declare. Deuteronomy chapter 28. You just have to repeat this after me. Deuteronomy 28. This declaration is powerful. And I'll, and I'll give you these declarations. Deuteronomy 28.
Are you guys with me? Okay, just repeat after me. And be bold when you say it, okay? The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Now look at all the blessings, okay? Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. And the fruit of your ground. And the fruit of your cattle. The increase of your herds. And the young of your flock. Don't worry if you don't have anything. All of these things. It just means blessed shall your resources be. Okay. Say with me, blessed shall my resources be. Next, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Next, blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your bonds and in all that you undertake. And He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Come on, I want to say that again. And He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to Himself. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb. And the fruit of your livestock. And the fruit of your ground. Within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. My favorite. The Lord will open to you His good treasury. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head. Come on, with more conviction. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. And you shall only go up and up and up and up. <laughs> Come on. Are you guys blessed? Amen. Okay. So what the Lord has blessed you. Speak. Speak His words. Now I know when you wake up in the morning, you know, it's hard to figure out, oh, which portion should I read? So have some already ready. Preparation. Preparation brings opportunity. I'm just saying. I just heard it today. Preparation is good. So what you do is, even before the morning has begun, you should know this week I'm going to emphasize 
probably in Ephesians 1, 2 Peter, whichever, whichever you are led as a church, every week we'll have one portion and we declare it in our house. We declare it in our house. Why? Because these blessings that the Lord has blessed us, we are not taking it to our grave. We are going to see it in the life that we live here. And we are going to see the blessings of God so that we can become what He has called us to become. He has called us. You, did you know that you are a royal priesthood? You are chosen. You are royal priesthood. You are chosen. You are chosen for His purpose. You are chosen to be holy. You are chosen to be blameless. You are chosen before the foundations of the earth. You are chosen. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Come on. Just close your eyes.